let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. For today, it has been my choice to talk about our first reading. Quite often we preach about the gospel reading, but this time I made a choice for the first reading because of its central message, a message that is so important for our faith in God. And the central message of this text might be rather clear. There are quite a number of details that can be very confusing. Even Martin Luther, who commented on these parts of the Bible extensively, Martin Luther says about this text that this is perhaps the most obscure passage in the New Testament. And he admits that he doesn't know for certain just what Peter exactly means. Also, other scholars admit that a lot of words in this text can have different meanings. But in general, they all agree that the overall meaning is since Christ bore witness through his suffering on the cross and was vindicated by God, we too can bear witness through suffering and trust God to vindicate us. Christ suffered and was vindicated. That way is open to us as well. And that is a true message of hope for all of us. We will be vindicated by God. How do they come to this conclusion? How can we come to that conclusion? Well, first of all, we need to know who Peter is talking to. In his days, Peter is talking to new Christians, first-century Christians, somewhere in the 50s and 60s of that first century. Christians at that time, as were the Jews in general, were suffering through persecution by the Romans. Mind you, both Peter and Paul were executed in this time in Rome. So it wasn't easy in those days to be a Christian. It was downright dangerous. And people were asking themselves why they were staying Christians if it was so dangerous. What was the good in it? And then Peter explains that there is good in that suffering. If you suffer for Christ, if you suffer for being a witness of Christ's gospel, that will not go unrewarded. And Peter comes up with two big examples. First of all, Christ himself. Christ suffered for our sins once for all. He suffered for our sins once for all. Once for all meaning that he suffered for the sins of all people. Alive, dead, 
and in the future. Once for all. The righteous one, Christ himself, suffered for the unrighteous, mankind, in order to bring them nearer to God. That is his objective, that's his purpose. Bring people close to God. And Peter compares that to his contemporaries suffering unjustly under persecution. That's what he tells them, that's their message. Like Jesus suffered unrighteously for somebody else's sins. So you, people in the first century, are suffering, not righteous, unrighteously. And then he goes further. Christ was vindicated by God in his resurrection and ascension. Was vindicated by God for being a witness on the cross. And so can the persecuted in the first century and, and ever since trust God to vindicate them for unjust suffering. Christ suffered because he was a faithful witness to God's message in a hostile world. And so were the persecuted, challenged to be faithful witnesses, despite all the hostility and danger that they met in their time. So the first example was Christ himself who suffered unrighteously and was vindicated. The second example that Peter comes up with is the example of Noah. Noah was faithful to God, although in his days the whole world was against God. Noah was rewarded for his faithfulness. And what goes for Christ and for Noah goes for the persecuted people in the first century, and what goes for them can go for us. If we stay faithful to God's word, if we proclaim the gospel in a hostile world, God will vindicate us. It will not go unrewarded. And then the example of Noah is elaborated on. We know Noah and the story about him for the big flood. The big flood that is cleansing the world. And Peter here says in this text that flood is prefiguring our baptism. And not in the sense that baptism is cleaning dirt from our bodies, but it is a promise of God to give us a good conscience, the right attitude. It symbolizes our faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through the waters of baptism, we go through that with Christ up to the resurrection. And Peter calls upon all of us to be witnesses of the gospel in a world that is not always welcoming this message. We get opposition. And also in our days, we even get persecution or people that ridicule us for our beliefs. But still, we are asked to persevere, to be witnesses of the gospel. And by being baptized, we show the world where we stand. Our baptism symbolizes our faith 
in the resurrection. It's a public confession to our faith. Even if that means that we have to go against a hostile world. And we have to show that in our daily life as well. We have to tell people about our faith. We have to explain to people who Jesus is, who God is, what their message is. But not only do we have to talk about our faith, we have to live our faith. Our deeds have to prove to everyone that we believe and what we believe. And we have to be firm in that. Even if we are the only one who stands for Christ and the gospel, we have to persevere. We have to go for it, even if that feels like persecution, even when people really come after you. So Peter tells us to bear witness in two ways of suffering. Through confessing our baptism and in holy living. Proclaim your faith and live your faith. Talk about it and do it. And for doing this, we will not go unrewarded. Christ went through extreme suffering. He gave his life for his friends. That's the biggest love possible. And for that, God raised him from the dead and let him come to heaven to sit at his right hand with angels, authorities and powers made subject to him. Noah was ridiculed by his contemporaries, but he kept building the ark over many years and was faithful to God. And people ridiculed him why he was building this big boat far, far away from any water. Because he knew God and he knew God's message and he was faithful to it. And for that, God saved him and his family. In these examples, God made it clear to us that we will be vindicated as well if we witness the gospel to the world through our baptism and in holy living. Proclaim the gospel out loud and bring it to the end of the world and show it in our own way of living. As it says in Acts, people were amazed about the love they had for one another and for the world. That showed and that drew people in. So, being a Christian will not always be easy. It can even mean suffering, but that will not go unrewarded. As Christ was vindicated for his suffering on the cross, so will we be vindicated for our suffering. And what will that be? How will we be vindicated? We know Christ was vindicated in his resurrection. How will that be for us? That is very difficult to say. But if we look in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 13, the song of love, Paul tells us that our views now are blurred, but then they will be clear. We will see God face to face. 
we will really know God and share with him a place in the kingdom. And that's his promise. That's our vindication. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you provide for us always. You give us hope for a better life in this world and beyond. We thank you that we can know you through your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives with you and your Holy Spirit. Amen.